0: But you don't care. Welcome back to the Blood of Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from Coltsploitation.com and I'm joined by my co-host Martin. How's it going? We're doing well. Doing well here. Um, we are returning. Normally, we take a week off. Uh, we don't normally do weekly episodes anymore. We're a little too old for that now.
1: Well, one of us is too old. Well, if you that, that's that's me.
0: If you've caught our <laughs> new uh, our new cover image. We're in year seven now. Well, so. you
1: didn't. You didn't update.
0: Uh, no, wait. I lied because it just changed over. That yeah, was awesome. yeah. No, it's it's yeah. it's updated everywhere. Should be.
1: No, no. It was just awesome though because I just I went because I always keep up the pod bay site just so I can have a reference to our episodes and mm-hmm. it went from year six and then
0: ting ding,
1: year yep. seven popped. Wow, that was awesome. It's like a magic trick.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. I it, it it should update everywhere once we once I update the uh, the anchor uh file. And um if it didn't then you probably just like you have a cached browser or something like that.
1: So which which Bronson film is that referencing?
0: That's from Deathwish. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I yeah I could have picked like a much more um
1: No, that's good. I yeah, like
0: it. Yeah, I I could have gone a wa deeper, but I didn't. But I thought it was I thought it would be good because, you know, for the past couple of years we had um, horror movies and ge- generally what I've done for like just for funsies is uh, use the Japanese poster artwork for some horror movies as our cover photo. Um,
1: They'll never know.
0: Like yeah, like year <laughs> six was the fun house, but you kind of couldn't really tell that unless you really knew uh, from looking at it that it was from the front fun house and then um, that it was from a Japanese version of the cover art. So, um, this year I thought, you know what, instead of doing horror movies, uh, because we are really a f- film podcast that expands past horror, I changed it up a little bit. Well, and because we're doing Murphy's law on today's episode with Charles Bronson thought it would be only fitting to, to update it to a Charles Bronson, uh, cover image. So there you go.
1: <sighs> Needs We need Crust punk playing in the background.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where, uh. That's where a year seven photo came from. So – and it, I think we use the years – like I'm, I am I'm kind of randomly just change up the cover image. Like I've, I, it's probably – it's been it's already, – we've already been into year seven honestly because I think we started in like August or July. Yeah. And I can't even remember exactly. It yeah, it was August. Can you remember exactly what wait, year wait, it wait. was?
1: I lied. No, it was July. July. Yeah, it was it. July. God yeah. damn
0: it. Thought so. I can't remember what year it was, but I think we're, like, somewhere in between year seven and year eight, so...
1: Yeah, no, we're halfway home.
0: (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah, we're kind of, like, in the midway period, but that's okay. Um, We never really have gone based on the actual anniversary. We're
1: not chronologists
0: here. That's right. But, uh,
1: we... See, this is is why I keep the Pod Bay link up. That's right, so you
0: can be the... The historian for it so when you you know recite you know i'm the
1: slightly the fact checker yeah fact fact checker holy crap
0: <laughs> but uh this episode we've got uh we're, we're doing murphy's law which is one that um i've never seen before it's a charles bronson movie that's not doesn't really come up that often you know i've never really heard it mentioned in passing you know like have you seen the charles (laughs) bronson murphy movie murphy's law no Um, one has ever really said that to me
1: well our our friend in high school brandon brown used to joke about murphy's law oh yeah i I don't think he ever saw i think he just thought it was funny yeah me and him we used to talk about the the death wish films and uh bronson's career after his apex
0: (laughs) yeah so Bronson had done a lot of movies uh, during the eighties period. And he did a lot of movies with death around the same time as death wish all the way up through the five sequels or the five movies in the uh, death wish franchise. Um, And he did a lot of action movies for Canon films and Canon at that time was just pumping them. They were just literally going to production and, and for, for any type of idea that they had for action movies, uh, those were going into production and, Bronson at this time frame, which I believe was like 1986 when Murphy's Law released somewhere around there, um, he would have been in the midst of the canon craze and actually uh, the director of Murphy's Law um, Jay, what is it, Jay Lee Thompson Thompson, um, he would go on to do like four or five Charles Bronson movies like back to back to back Uh, so he um you know was obviously attuned to canon's action film craze and bronson was kind of locked i don't know i don't know if he was like locked into a contract with canon where they were like you're going to do you know four movies cuz that that was a thing that they used to do back in the 80s and 90s where they would say all right we've got this guy he you know we're, he's locked into a contract we're going to ask him to do five movies with us um over the course of you know what five or six years or something like that. They used to do contracts like that. And I don't know if Bronson's was like that, but I do know that he did a lot of movies with J. Lee Thompson at the same time. And this was right in between all of the death wishes um, because directly after uh, Murphy's law, we would get death wish Four, which was also directed by J. Lee Thompson. So it was a prolific time period for Bronson and, canon films and the director of murphy's law J. Lee thompson but the thing is no one really talks about murphy's law um and that's probably for good reason we'll talk about that as we get more into the the episode um and at the same time you know death wish four is not really one of those movies that people come back to again and again and they're like you know what which movie out of the death wish series do you want to watch uh make it death wish four I, I don't can't. know. It's probably the third best one. Yeah, I mean, it's probably better than three. No, you is don't think better? it's better than three? No, three
1: is over the top greatness.
0: That's true. It's definitely better than five.
1: Five was bad. Two was god awful. Mm.
0: Two's the worst of the bunch. Yeah.
1: So, plus four is the one with uh, Danny Trejo.
0: That's true too. Yeah.
1: And the soccer ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It is hard to remember them. We did them so long ago, but um, the only one that really
1: sticks in my mind is one and three. Yeah. And the only thing about
0: two that like, you
1: know, nowadays sticks in my mind, like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Page did the fucking intro.
0: Three's the one where um, Bronson's running around with a rocket launcher, right? Yeah. Where yeah, they I, go
1: just full blown, you know, yeah.
0: canon, canon films. I can't, you, you can't know, I particularly remember film. them now. Like it's sp- specifically, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, but so like this was like prime time for Br- Bronson, uh, but Murphy's law didn't really get a lot of, um, I don't know, like a lot of publicity. Um, it's, it's interestingly enough too, um, it does have a lot of like eighties, um, I don't know, representation, right? Has Kathleen Wilhoyt in it, who was also. Bless you. <laughs> Kathleen <Booper. laughs> um, who was also a co-star in nothing other than Roadhouse, which we were supposed to do for an episode. Um, co-starring with Patrick Swayze. So
1: the lost episode from wet hot 80s action. Song.
0: That's right. Yeah. Drawing it back to that. But, but yeah. So like, you know, Murphy's law has a lot going for it. Um, but As we'll talk about, you know, there are definitely things in the movie that do smack of, hey, this is basically like a copy paste job from canon for a crime drama from the 80s with action elements starring Charles Bronson. And, you know, that's that's pretty much the extent of Murphy's Law. It's basically
1: let's take Death Wish and make
0: Death Wish. Well, I do like to think about. The producers and the writers sitting around in the office and they're like, you know, I had a really good idea. I'm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian, what's that? Well, you know that saying about Murphy's Law? Yeah. Something about like things going wrong and, you know, <clears throat> they, they're going to get worse or something. Yeah. You, you're pretty much onto to that. What if the guy's name in this movie was Murphy?
1: And he's a cop.
0: <laughs> and he's a cop. <laughs>
1: the the, the, the bit, Well, I didn't know Murphy's Law Was like that old of an idiom To be honest with you mm-hmm. um, However, I will say One thing uh, before we get Too uh, nitty gritty into the weeds Just think about A little over Ten years before this Bronson starring in Death Wish A vigilante film about how The system is failing us We citizens need to take back Our life, right? Fight against crime, fight against the drug, you know, the drug dealers, the rapists, etc. Yep. Here, and I, and we get the Reaganification of this. Like, whoa, 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 we can't have you just going willy nilly, like you know, killing people. But if you're a cop,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you've you've got some.
1: I blame Ronald Reagan and 1980s uh, B-movie film culture for, you know, instituting the idea. Because that's probably why, like, people today are like, (laughs) the guy robbed a granola bar? Yeah, he deserved to get shot. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because they see, you know, Bronson and Chuck Norris and all these guys running around, you know, uh, Mel Gibson running around and just, you know, taking the law into their own hands. And they're like, yeah, fucker deserved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, don't you think? Don't you? Don't you think that like you can kind of trace like that kind of like you can kind of trace that back like you know to like nineteen eighties film culture because again in the seventies it's like how the system has failed us and we you know take a hold of everything because you know you had Watergate and Vietnam and all that crap and now it's like in the eighties like no 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 let authority do that let th- let them be the handers out of
0: justice. Well, I will say that you know Murphy's Law is a little bit different and it's not you know it's not just like. Showing some people doing petty crime, you know. There's, there's attempted rape. There's, no, no. Uh,
1: well, as I was gonna say, Murph. I mean, Charles Bronson is pretty, actually, pretty restrained in this film. Compared yeah. To like most, of, you know, a lot of his stuff. But the idea is still there. Like, because he's he, again, he's a cop who doesn't play by the rules. Right. You know, the the like cliche number twenty nine in like film. Mm-hmm. I'm a cop that doesn't play by the rules.
0: You don't want You don't want to fuck with me.
1: Where's the Law and Order episode of Bronson? Like. I beat this motherfucker to get the evidence. And then like Sam Waterston being like, all right, well, we can't do this. You broke, you know, you broke this law. You broke that law. Jesus. Well, you know what
0: too? Murphy's law is it, it, it uh, hits number 54 on the list too. It's like, he's a cop with nothing to lose. You're right. Cause he's going to jail for at least eight years and he's going to jail in a place where this film loves to, you know, cause it's an eighties movie. It loves to make, to have its way with, uh, any any references to gay people, you know? There's oh multiple, god. multiple no. you know the whole the ho- quote unquote the- faggots dropped.
1: Oh my god, the ho- the is
0: <laughs> just like
1: absolutely. Homophobia is just bandied about, and it's so cliche. Absolutely
0: like, talking you know,
1: about and, talking about you're gonna go to jail, and they fuck cops, or like oh you're a dyke, you must be a dyke. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. When you get to get to prison, you know you're not gonna like it, but then you're gonna like it
0: like contextually sure in the 80s <laughs> it was a lot more accepted i guess cuz it it happens quite a bit in 80s movies that i've seen but yeah the the uh the homophobia is certainly um uh, evident <laughs> when you're watching this movie uh especially towards the beginning where there are mul- multiple references multiple references. there's also references but to cuckolding too so
1: yeah yeah well which you know is a uh, nowadays is like you know oh yeah They, uh Big, big conservative
0: uh big porn
1: genre you know? <laughs>
0: yeah that too yeah
1: but uh and you know kink but yeah no like it's just weird because they bandied that about quite a bit in the beginning like when they're at the police station and then like at, it just drops afterwards which it's like what, what the fuck was the point of that you know mm-hmm. yeah just had, just had to get that in to be like yeah he's macho
0: i guess so He yeah. fought
1: in, he fought in korea absolutely Which is another constant theme in, like, every Bronson film. Yeah, it's,
0: well, he was in Korea. throw that in there a little bit. Why not? All right, so uh, let's take a break real quick before we get too far into the movie, and we'll talk about the beer that we have on the show today.
1: Well, while you set us up for that, we'll go grab uh, the second round. Grab another
0: one. All right. Crack one open. Well... The beer that we have on the show today is one that I'm actually not familiar with, even though it's, you could consider it fairly close uh, to our area. Um, I've never heard of this brewery before. I've never seen any beers that they've made. Uh, So I decided to check it out because it was an interesting sounding beer and I thought I'd give it a shot. Um, The brewery in question is Big Ditch Brewing Company from Buffalo, um, which as you know, is pretty close to us in upstate New York. Um, I've never heard of them before, but we di- – apparently one of our uh, beverage centers did get a shipment from them. So I decided to check it out. And the one that I picked up and actually the only one that I recall seeing at the store uh, was their Pineapple Burner American IPA. So it's an IPA with pineapple.
1: Pineapple?
0: Pineapple.
1: Pineapple.
0: This pineapple burner IPA is for people who like pineapple, but they don't want to core and slice it. it that's is, uh... always annoying. You ever core and slice a pineapple? oh uh, no,
1: I buy cubed. Sorry,
0: I actually haven't either. My my wife does it. I don't do it, but it looks really annoying. It's like it's like. Well, I would say probably the most annoying tropical fruit is pomegranate. I was about to say, it's not a pineapple. And and then maybe pineapple.
1: That's why you just got to eat a nice grape and pop the grapes.
0: Pineapple is at least, like, you could, like, fuck it all up. You know, you could just, like, cut into it wherever. And you'd still be able to get some pineapple. Whereas you can really fuck up a pomegranate. Like, to the point where it makes it difficult to even eat it. Then you got to deal with all the pith and stuff. Just eat it in the shower. I've there never, was actually one time where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking eat the pith, too. I'm not even going to deal with de-seeding this thing.
1: I've never even bothered eating, like, an actual pomegranate. You buy the palm cups? No, I just drink the juice.
0: You should buy the palm cups if you don't want to deal with the the mess. At least it gets you the because you know the, the seeds. The seeds are the seeds are tasty.
1: That's what the that's what a multivitamin's for, so you don't have to eat that crap. <laughs> <laughs> no I'll but this, eat, eat my
0: burgers and steak. It's pineapple burner American IPA. Um I like it. I think it's different. The pineapple is pretty prominent um in the the flavor. Actually to the point where I sometimes get more pineapple than I do IPA. Um, I don't taste a huge hop flavor to it. It's more so you get a sweetness of the pineapple, uh, sometimes tartness and towards the end, you get a little bit of that malt and hop from American style IPA. Um, I feel like they could have gone a little bit further with the IPA nature of this beer, but otherwise
1: you're expecting more of a Nipah.
0: I was. Yeah. I think the IPA is a lot more nuanced than I was expecting. Um, I thought it was going to be big IPA flavors with that like hint of pineapple, and instead I got the inverse of that. I got big pineapple flavors with a hint of IPA. Now that's actually kind of interesting because that's not what you normally get. And as we talked about with Nipahs, when you get that tropical flavor, a lot of times you're just like, "Yep, tastes vaguely tropical, right?" You like vaguely pineapple, um, vaguely mangoey, citrusy, Gu- yeah. Lava. You get, like, all of that vague flavor. And here I definitely taste the pineapple, and then the IPA is kind of subtle. But I like it.
1: I think I like it a little bit more than you. I kind of appreciate the fact that, I mean, I was actually expecting it to, I was kind of surprised, like you, that it's uh, not It's not very IPA-y. Mm-hmm. It's much more fruit-forward. It's almost kind of like, like popping open a can of Dole pineapple juice and drinking it. Yep. Which I like because I love me some pineapple juice. And so I'm really happy that it's actually, you know, one of the main selling points on it is uh, having this pineapple flavor, and it's actually at the forefront. Um, And now that I'm hitting, like, the bottom of the can, you kind of get a little rindiness to it, too. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: It actually... I
1: I, I I think it works well. I just... I like it a lot. Um... I would like you to like like you to see it be more uh, IPA forward, like more of an actual combination instead of very just like juicy forwardness and then slight hoppiness at the end. But overall, I do think this is a very good brew. I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a bit of the um, pineapple cart that I had from Golden Road, which was a wheat beer with pineapple. Um, it's it's similar in composition to that um, i think there's a little bit more ipa-ness to it but like you said i think it's it's a good beer the pineapple flavor is nice it's kind of um um surprising that it doesn't go full like naipa on us i do wish that there was just maybe a little bit more of a hint of hops that's all um maybe just a little bit more
1: what hops are even in this
0: i'm not sure i don't think it really um says but i do you know i think they could go just a little bit further you know like maybe Maybe double hopping it. Um ooh,
1: make it a double. Ooh, ooh.
0: Yeah. I think it would go a little way. So and the other distinction is like I was saying, you know, we've never had big ditch at all. So I've never no. tried like their standard IPA either. So I don't really have that to compare it to.
1: To be honest with you, I don't think um, any brewer's would really make a standard IPA anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's not really the, a I really th- say it's not really a thing, like, oh uh what would you like? I want a standard IPA.
0: Just Did another you know, way that liberals are taking away our America. Taking away the American IPA. Ooh, ooh that looks great. They're, I'm at their website, and their little brewery looks great.
1: Um, Buffalo you She's talking about that they're... Yeah, I was going to say. Go Bills. Um, Should have went to the Super Bowl. Fuck you, Bengals. <laughs> <coughs> but... No, we haven't, because you know what? I uh, Where's their about page? I don't know. Let's see how new they are, because... Uh,
0: Ta-da-da. Doesn't really say.
1: Yeah, I was hoping it'd say like how old they are because I don't think, uh, I think they're pretty new.
0: Uh, it looks like it opened in 2014. So pretty new. Yeah, fairly new. I've never, like I said, I've never heard of them. We've not, I've never really seen anything around. Um, and I believe, uh, you know, that this was the only beer that was available. In the store, so I, I, you know, like there was no other option from Big Ditch, but I, I saw it and I was like, "Oh, pineapple, uh, oh, pineapple IPA it sounds oh, good." Oh my god, the food at their p- brew house looks amazing. Martin hasn't eaten in a while, so everything's gonna look
1: well. That <laughs> that, that that that, and it looks really good. <clears throat> yeah, no, but Incredi- in- incredibly bourgeois, but it looks great. You know, just you know, like oh. Because like one of the pictures they have is like this delightful like Druthers esque burger, but it looks even slightly better with steak fries and then like a salmon cut with avocado and feta,
0: like ooh. But based on my experience with Pineapple Burner, I would definitely check out more beers from. Um, we'll
1: have to go out to ditch. Buffalo and try it. Yeah, and I'll get you a beef on weck too. Mm. You need a beef on weck. They do have. It looks like a, they looks like they do have their Hay Burner is their standard IPA. Comes with, wow, let's see if you know these hops, Warrior, do you know that? Warrior hop, no, I don't. C- CTZ, do you know that hop? No. <laughs> Cascade, we know Cascade, Glacier and Falconer's Flight. Wow. Wow, god damn. They only have three signatures, so It's their rye... Ooh, a rye brown ale. Hot damn. Oh, and a low, golden ale, and then their hay burner. And let's see. Uh, I'm trying
0: to find you. Well, I can say that I would definitely check them out. I would definitely be open to trying another one. If I see it, I'll grab it. Jesus. Fucking.
1: What hops are these anymore? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh my God. Oh, our, our Fiden's Mule, when I was messaging him, he was telling me about the treehouse they just had, and he sent me a picture of the cup that he, I'm uh, sorry, not cup, the pipe glass he drank it from, and all the rings of froth that were, on it from the from every sip he took and uh the fucking hops he described that were in that beer. I was like, excuse me. I think I know one of the five. <laughs> They're getting creative now. It's just like some guy's job now to graft like hops, like you know, sit in like a greenhouse and be like, Alright, let's take this and this and we'll make we'll make this I would say, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know? It probably is. Well, you know what beer we're doing next week?
0: Bud Light next. Mm, saw so many commercials for that on the Super Bowl. <sighs> Luckily, I was at the bar, so
1: I wasn't really paying attention. All right, well. But what about that halftime show? Didn't
0: watch it. It's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Murphy's Law.
1: Actually the entire time I was like, wouldn't it be cool if the few Fug- just showed up like halfway through? It's kind of weird amalgamation. You got Snoop and Dre, okay. And then Mary J, okay. And then you had fifty cent, like, wow, okay. And then Kendrick Lamar. Like, oh <laughs> then M- Eminem, you yeah. know. Still awesome though. Still awesome. I mean, wait, no, not in my America. <laughs> not in- no. Where's my Toby? Toby Keith? Better be there next year. I want 13 minutes of courtesy of the red, white, and blue. Don't you? I do. And then Alan Jackson comes out and sings, "Where were you?
0: Where were you when the world stopped turning?"
1: All right, I thought it was, I thought it was, "Where were you when they built that ladder to heaven?" <laughs>
0: All right, let's talk about Murphy's Law now. We're going to move on. Uh,
1: let's uh. move on. All right,
0: so Murphy's you're the, Law.
1: You're no fun.
0: I know. Murphy's Law. Like we said.
1: Hold on. The film should be called Jack Murphy's Law.
0: It should be called Jack Daniel's Law.
1: Old Number 7. This, yeah. This this film was brought to you by Jack Daniel's Old Number 7 Tennessee
0: Whiskey. It. It almost becomes like a joke, a running joke, un- like that it's not even trying to do, though, that just every single scene, Murphy is pulling out whiskey from like somewhere, just like some rant, like in a helicopter. He's got a flask uh, <laughs> just got blown up by, you know, like a bomb. He's got a flask. It, it's waking, and actually-
1: <laughs> up, waking up from bed. He gets, got a bo-
0: bottle of old number seven next to him. He'll go find the number seven in the in uh, Grandma's china cabinet. You know, <laughs> it just actually becomes a running theme in the movie that that actually it, it's it's an unintentional joke that it just he just pulls out liquor from wherever he was. It he is. was it
1: was it Charles Bronson just drinking on set, or I was don't it know. part of You have movie? to
0: kind of you do have to kind of take that into consideration because. You know, just thinking about the schedules for the Canon film productions and uh, the amount he's, of...
1: He's probably like, what did I sign up for? He's exactly. Just, you know, he's on film number six. And he's like, what have I done you
0: now? Right. You know, it's like that. Uh, what did my manager rope me into with these contracts? You know? It's
1: like Lee Van Cleef and Escape from New York.
0: So Murphy's Law is like extremely easy to sum up, which makes it... How dare little, you? It makes it a little bit difficult to talk about. It of this, oh, Murphy Jack Murphy is a cop, Charles Bronson in LA. In LA, uh, you know, he's pursued by the mob, he's he's trying to take down mob bosses and stuff. Uh, he kind of gets himself into situations, he's losing his wife. His wife lost, a, well, lost yeah, he's, he lost her. His wife's a stripper uh and she, she you know she, she's uh, like 40 years younger than him I, I, and again in this movie too it's not extremely um open to alternative lifestyles right so <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's pretty I like
1: harsh. like I like in the nice 1980s way. like you're a
0: whore no exactly I'm a, like
1: i'm a dancer you look like a whore to me it's yeah. like well charles you're sixty-two years old, all right, and may- maybe you shouldn't be going to the strip club. Right, the man's or... <laughs> frequenting
0: a strip club anyway. But yeah, no, though the film is not uh, does not mince words about uh, his wife. He's like he, she was a whore. How many men was it? One, two. We both know she was a whore. Um, so he, he's lost his wife. Uh, she's a stripper now, and he's dealing with that fallout. And then, I, want, I was hope I was thinking they were going to go the more cliche
1: route of uh, like his wife died in some kind of accident. Like
0: you mean like, and he, uh,
1: and he blames himself for it. Like you know, like you that's why he's style. drinking. Yeah, but in the here it's just like, well, she left me, and now she's with some guy, and she's she a stripper, and now I stalk her, and uh, I drink old number seven to try to get over it. Well,
0: the film doesn't really make. Um, doesn't really sh- showcase like was he drinking before his wife left him? Is that why she left him? Well was he, he says
1: after? He, he says he was gruff before then later on when he's uh giving banter with our main female, Arabelle McGee. <laughs> uh that you know, like that he's like I got he's like I got a big mouth.
0: <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean the film, yeah. So the film doesn't really go into the characteristics of the relationship, besides the fact that she's a whore, and um, you know we know that Murphy's drinking.
1: Not a whore, a whore, a whore. He says, whore. Like Re- he says it like Frank. He says it like Frank Reynolds. <laughs> whore. That's all the film was missing was Danny Vito walking around like, "Who else slept with my whore wife?" <laughs> Did you sleep with my whore wife? She is such a whore.
0: <laughs> so, the so you Murphy wouldn't really have a problem. He's you know, he's a cop. He's taking it out on the criminals, right? The the people who deserve it. But But there's one person who wants to make sure that Murphy's life's a living hell. And they murder his wife and her lover and they begin to go on their murder spree of killing various other people that we see. And and the film doesn't really keep the identity of its killer in the dark either. You know, it, it cuts away and we see exactly who the killer is. The motive is not really known until later on in the film, but the the actual identity of the killer is not kept a secret. And for those watching the movie, you might be wondering, why do we have one chance encounter at the beginning of the movie with Arabella? uh which then does not you know do anything to the plot until maybe another half hour later well that's because that's our first buddy uh meeting between bronson and uh
1: i like that you're Arabella. banding Can banding I mean, well, about banding about buddy cop film like this is fucking lethal weapon or
0: canine or Turner and Hoot. Well, it kind of is trying to be though. That's the thing though. Well, this is
1: well, this is these this preempts those, though.
0: So, well, that's true. Yeah, it does. But this is definitely a buddy cop type of movie where the film, you know, has a crime drama bent to it. At the like, you know, because Murphy's really serious. Charles Bronson is fairly serious, but uh, at the same time, as Bronson is framed for his murder of his wife, he goes on the run with Arabella, played by Kathleen Wilhoyt, and Arabella brings the comedic timing to the film with such witty one-liners as, <laughs> you know, you scumbucket... Jism. Uh, g- yes, giz- <laughs> you scumbucket jism. You, uh, you booger nose, you, literally, sper- you sperm bank. It does feel like somebody just sat down and they just went to a thesaurus and they just looked up two words together as, the, as an insult. And then they just strung them together in the script, and, and they had sat, there,
1: uh, sat there and laughed like Doctor Hibbert from fucking The Simpsons. Like, <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. I mean, like, I like she does. I think she does a good job, yeah, but I like, was the, just gonna say that. Yeah, the dialogue in this film is atrocious, and like, they have her. Cause she's supposed to be like the punk kid, like, and she's like, "Yeah, you cops got two inch peckers." You, you shit brain booger-nose! You asshole of an asshole! Like, <laughs> I think out of all the things she said, the only one that I'm like, oh, I know that one's when she's like, does a pope shit in the woods? It's like, oh, I know that one!
0: The rest but of them, like, they, were, they were looking for rare insults to... Yeah, describe.
1: I mean, she, like, bandy's, a, bandy's about booger. A little too much for somebody who's supposed <laughs> this, to be... <laughs> supposed this, to be
0: a, this can be that... <laughs> This is the definitive Charles Bronson movie with Booger in the dialogue.
1: I mean I think this film is the reason why we get lethal weapon in a year. He's Danny essentially Danny Gloverman like, I'm getting too old for this shit." <laughs> yeah,
0: basically, this is a movie where Charles Bronson is playing a character who is formidable, like he definitely can hold his own and and the film shows that in various scenes, uh you know, especially with the whole mob boss Red herring. Going after Frank Vincenzo, who he believes to be the person who's framing him for the murder, and it ends up not being that person. But he's throwing him around and very formidable about being a threat. At the same time, though, you kind of get the feeling that Murphy's kind of lagging behind here as Arabella is running him all over the place, ragged. You know, it, it's it is a movie like you said where he's he's almost feeling like I'm too old for this shit. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to run away from this this. Uh, issue i'm just gonna tackle it head on
1: and one thing i do like is how they take like his alcoholism and like and the fact that he's separated with his wife and they're like they're busting his balls at the precinct like god you look shit your tie's like all stained with mustard what do you what'd you do fall asleep eating a fucking hoffman's you fat slob And that's where you played like, bam, bam, bam. Just good old banter
0: between the guys, you know. Hey,
1: hey, that's – hey, I saw your ex-wife at the uh, strip club. Does her titties taste as good as they look? Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. (laughs) So, um, great canon film dialogue right there, by the way. That's something you would expect from
0: them. It is true. The film has some pretty cringy dialogue. So, let's talk about one of the weirdest scenes in the movie where after Murphy – and Arabella have you know have been working together they're uh running through all these scenarios you know they've been targeted they've been they're trying to figure out who is behind the framing they go to another person's house uh, it was one of uh Murphy's buddies from the Vietnam War not uh, which Vietnam you had, or uh, the Korean War which you had brought up you know that's always a thing that gets brought up in these types of action movies which is
1: weird because when he says the last time he flew with chopper is in 63 Korea's over by then but I mean yeah I mean, they maybe do he like, maybe
0: maybe he did something else. You know? But
1: they I mean but they they do they do mention when the, you see his old friend uh, that fixes him up. Like he's like oh I like where did you learn to fix that? He's Like Korea. And then, but I like too. Also, you can tell how old this film is. Also, because he's like he's got a concussion. He's gonna he's gonna suck for a little while. Now
0: it's like concussions. Could be deadly. That means your brain not, hit your skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here he's just it's like not oh. a good thing. Here he's like, oh,
1: he's just got a concussion. Yeah, he'll be
0: all right. Shake. <laughs> how,
1: it off. how old are you, Jack? Sixty-two. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll see that pension in no time.
0: <laughs> but the weirdest scene is when, um, Arabella and Murphy are you know just eating together, and Arabella starts talking about how she's attracted to older men.
1: Ugh, it's and weird and comes out
0: of where? Over. Where did that come from? Why all of a sudden is she just like you know? I'm I'm interested to see- well. Also, too, they don't disclose how old
1: she is. Like, cause she's like she asks like How old are you?" And yep. he's like, and she won't answer. And then she asks him how old he is, and he gives the answer that you'd expect: too damn old. Too old, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It so
0: like really weird. It's it's a weird because like, because when you're watching this movie, um. I, didn't, I never got the feeling, like, wow, they've got some chemistry. you know,
1: Like, like that? No. 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 no.
0: You're like, wow, I'd really like to see them hook up. Like, Not only not, that,
1: oh. if they did, I'd be, I'd be appalled. Like, no, stop. Please well, don't.
0: Th- that is a thing that they would do with Bronson, though. Like, if you think about Death Wish, too, like, every one of his wives, because he had four <laughs> wives. You know, every, every Death Wish movie was about, well, they killed that wife, too. <laughs> Damn it. Um, but every one of his wives was a little too young for him. Uh, so that's that's not a you know not an uncommon practice with Bronson but but here yeah it's super weird like cuz Arabella really doesn't seem that old you know they're they're re- even if Kathleen will I don't know how old she was at this time I think she's probably like um tw- What's, 26 what? maybe Let's find out Something no like not that. even no 22 22 but so like you know it's just a and Bronson's really a,
1: Bronson's in his 60s yeah, yeah I mean it's 20.
0: just a weird uh scene that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense and it comes out of nowhere. Um I did not like that. <laughs> it's it's kinda like in uh the Bond film with view to a kill
1: where Roger Moore's almost he's almost sixty and who's the main girl? Tanya Roberts. How old is she like twenty two? It's like oh God,
0: it's so I, I mean I do have to commend the film and like it didn't go there. You know, it, it it mentioned it but it didn't actually go there. Um
1: but they they did try to add a rape scene, so you know, That is true. Commendable. I add, add a pot far. Yep. Just to add that extra level of CD degeneracy, like these assholes grow pot and now they're
0: they're a Yeah, that's up. the thing too. Yeah, it's like, you know, in, in LA growing pot is like I don't know if they would be the punks that this film made them out to be. It's like they would probably just be guys that are like, yeah, I grow pot here. Well, yeah, it's 1986. Please don't bother again, me. <laughs>
1: again, it's 1986, that's why, so. Yeah.
0: They've all got to be leather-bound punks.
1: Well, they got the, the leather-bound punks from Friday
0: the 13th, Part 3. Yeah, that's right. Um, But, uh, so, the film itself, I think, suffers from... I, I think that everybody's doing a fairly good job. I mean, I think Bronson's doing what he can. I think Kathleen Wilhoite actually does a really good job with her character, despite the the cringy dialogue. And, you know, even Richard Romanus uh, as uh, Frank Vincenzo, I think he does a pretty good job too as being like, a, you know, a, a mob boss that can be thrown around. And, you know, he... he we didn't mention his brother. Tony. Beautiful,
1: mulleted Tony <laughs> with a leather jacket, which...
0: That is That's one of the a, more surprising sequences in the movie, I thought. It's
1: gr- it's great, but it's stupid at the same time. Like, okay, you're going to get arrested. For what? Nothing that serious. <laughs> and then he yeah. decides to whip out a gun, yeah. take a hostage,
0: <laughs> blow their head off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, that is true. Kill a cop, <laughs> blow, their, blow the hostage head off. I, I mean, I found it surprising. <laughs> I was like, wow, the film really went there. He just, like, killed that hostage in cold blood right away. <laughs> and I like, too, like, that after,
1: he, uh, after he, Bronson takes him down – his partner's kind of sitting there shaking his head, like, "Great,
0: now we got to file the discharge paperwork." There's paperwork to be done here. Yeah, you're right, though. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're just tracking him down. You know, there's really like just a warrant out for his arrest right now. Like nothing, nothing major. Like just probably like, a lawyer, good lawyer can get him off on bail.
1: Probably, probably have has several times, but yeah. You know.
0: I mean, if you th- and even if you think about like Frank Vincenzo being his brother, a mob boss in the city, like he's probably got judges in his pocket. Like it's probably no big deal, right? But he's like, you know what? I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even messing around. And then, and then the way, Mur- and the way Murphy's portrayed at this point,
1: everyone's noticing he's a sloppy drunk and getting ridiculous. Like, wouldn't you be like, all right, like what? How can you believe this asshole? You right. know, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, obviously got a vendetta. <laughs>
0: I did. I did. But find, then he just
1: he just you know goes goes to breaking out the forty four and you know.
0: I did find that um, that part of the film exciting because it was it was a little unexpected, um, but yeah, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really think about it. But I think that the problem with Murphy's Law is that. Um, it is a super super generic canon film from the eighties. Like, if you think about crime dramas, this has like every single generic element to it that you can you can possibly think of. You know, uh, unlikely protagonist check. A G- uh, guy who wants revenge check. Um,
1: injustice that was done.
0: Yep, injustice check. A uh, vengeful antagonist check. Um. Saucy
1: side piece.
0: Yep. Check strip clubs. Check.
1: I mean, Canon. God, those scenes were strewn in there just for the sake of being like you know being lecherous, like looking. (laughs) Got titties to look at.
0: I mean. Oh, and also too, the film has a really big problem with um, presenting things that happen, and the the viewer has no idea why we've seen them. Like, right at the beginning of the movie, like I talked about, Bronson and Kathleen Wilhoyt being together, you know, Arabella stealing his car. That doesn't did come you, up did, again for, like, did a you half li- an hour.
1: Did you like the fact that he threw his groceries at her as, like, the cars being jacked? Like,
0: now you got no car and no food <laughs> ass. <so. laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, so that scene, you know, doesn't really come up again till like, 30 minutes later. The scene with... Um, Joan Freeman, the antagonist, and the uh, pr- private investigator. You're like, who the fuck is this chick? Why doesn't she ever come up again for like another forty five minutes? I kind
1: of like the fact I I do like her as an antagonist because it's kind of it's cool, you know, like that. It's actually not like just some big beefy dude like mm-hmm. per usual. Yeah, yep. But I, do I, al- I I almost feel like the same roots though. They're kind of um whole reason she's kind of here is um trying to be like Grace like Grace Jones Is Mayday. Mm-hmm. And uh, a view again, a view to a kill. Because again, be a year after that came out, it's like we we all oh, we need a big strong woman to be a part- antagonist.
0: Yeah, and I definitely I don't mind the female antagonist. I think that's a really good idea. The problem with Joan Freeman is that there is just no interesting motive. The f- like if the film had gone all out and it was like you know there's this whole big thing about why murphy's targeted and um you know it's not just something simple uh then that would be different like if we got a whole explanation at the end of the movie you know it'd be an exposition drop but at least it would be something what we actually get is really boring it's just like joan freeman was put away by murphy his partner and a judge and now joan freeman is out to kill those people as she got out of jail and she's mad. And that is the motive. It's really not. simple. Yeah. It it has no actual like weight to it. And so like if you've been watching all of Murphy's Law, you're like, there's got to be something going on here. Like something interesting.
1: She's Bronson's long lost lover or something.
0: Yeah, no, right. Just- and it's not. It's the, the, the whole thing boils down to a motive that's just like. I went to prison because of you and I'm crazy and I want to kill you. And the, the weird thing about it too is that like she makes Murphy like the center of her plot. You know, because she killed – she's already killed the judge. She's already killed Murphy's partner. It doesn't – like it doesn't even make sense. Like why is Murphy the center of this? Like he, he – you know, he was just part of the process of sending you to jail. But the motive itself, like the idea of it just doesn't have weight to it.
1: Two things, speaking of her and her deeds. One, what'd you think of her fucking tickling and then, air quote, drowning the judge in
0: a bathtub? (laughs) I love it. I think that's... I think that's awesome. You how know? do
1: you how do you drown someone by just holding their fucking feet? Yeah, I
0: thought about that too. I was thinking like, <laughs> just, you know, like just – you must have really poor upper body strength. Just, to be so,
1: fucking, just so fucking just, stupid. Like, you know, like – oh, the, she, like, the a coup de
0: grace of dropping the lamp in, that's nice. I like that.
1: No, that because it makes it look like, you know – What like kind
0: a, of – also, we got to talk about where were they? What kind of hospital bathtub is that? It's like I, don't think a, it's like,
1: I don't think it's like a hospital bathtub. I think it's like a Turkish bathhouse.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a weird – it's a, like a weird I don't bathtub. Know, it's
1: like, I don't know if they had that in LA, but that's what it kind of seemed like. It's like got to be like some kind of like just random bathhouse.
0: But I have to take I have to take the judge's side here. If someone was willing to just like give me a bath like that, you know, like they're going to you know literally do the whole nine yards. They're going to soap me. They're going to – Rub my balls. And no, I not even that. Not even the sexuality of it, but just the – Like, they're going to, like, draw the water, get it nice and warm, give me a nice massage. Like, all right. I'd probably believe them, too.
1: What do you think about his meal?
0: Quail breast with stuffed
1: dates and...
0: I'd be like... So, yeah, because the waiter comes around and he's like, the chef recommends. I'd be like, the chef fucking sucks.
1: Listen, I would say, listen, you had me at quail. Quail salad is probably delightful. Don't stuff it with your fucking nasty dried fruits and hazelnuts and shit.
0: I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't dine in a restaurant like that because the chef would come around and I'd say, you have crap ideas. Give me a pulled pork (laughs) sandwich on it, please.
1: (laughs) Read my mind. That sounds absolutely great right now. But no, that's what I was thinking the entire time. Like, ooh, quail breast. Quail breast sounds great. It's probably like a lot like duck and duck is great, too. That's like stuffed with dates and a raspberry cranberry sauce and like ha- dried hazelnuts. It's like, stop, stop. Okay. You, you tuck it and then you, you fucked it. All right. Trashed you trashed it.
0: <laughs> See, I'm, not, a but pul- that, but I'm that, but not really a poultry person. So the quail itself would be like, no, nah, I don't. Think I, so. imagine it's, I imagine it's more dark
1: meaty. Like, so it's more like yeah. you know, like, like a duck. It's
0: probably. So it's, it's
1: probably, like I said, it's probably good. I know you don't like turkey, which makes you wrong, but... <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that that bothered me, and... Um, oh, how did you like the Black Christmas nod? I don't know that I caught it. You didn't catch it? Wow. Okay. Well, um, the attorney general that got... Uh, no, the prosecutor... And Malibu that got killed he had a, he got strangled with a bag over his head sitting and then he was found in a chair
0: oh yeah yeah that, that is nice yeah I didn't really think of it I guess at the time of a, as a black Christmas nod, but yeah well you
1: you, sh- you should have because this film could have used John Saxon
0: it could have used John Saxon that's right, I think he would have been a good addition to the police force that we get i I do like um the the whole. I think uh, it's James Louisy, who who plays the primary antagonist on the police force, who is like just assured, like nope, Murphy did it. You know he, like Murphy's like, I, I, what if someone framed me? He's like, yeah, I don't believe it at all. Well,
1: not like that. though. I mean, but it is kind of ridiculous. So they did like showing how they got him like kind of like framed. They did a damn good job. Okay, he <laughs> he was know? at the strip club. Okay, and then the cars at the scene. And then the guy who's driving his car after he got knocked him out and Murphy's sitting in the car pulls his gun out and uses it to kill his ex-wife and her lover with the, you know, it's pretty good. So, I mean, like, you know, I just like the fact that he's just, Bronson's just like, did it ever occur to you that uh, I was framed? And it's like, bud, what what do you mean framed? I mean, the only thing he could kind of point to is I would say, like, I woke up and I was in the passenger seat. If I did all this, why am I in the passenger seat?
0: Um I don't know uh the time frame when this would would have been, you know, developed, but gunpowder residue is the only th- other thing I could think of. But yeah, you're right. That the framing itself was pretty well done. Um they actually
1: they actually took the time to show the steps of it, which was yeah. you know nice.
0: Yeah, it was it was well done. The only other thing I could think of is uh the gunpowder residue, but I'm not sure when that actually became like a thing to uh to test. But yeah, they did a good job of that.
1: Well, I mean, he, no one in the department really likes him except the one guy because again, he's a bullet, allegedly a bullet, not allegedly, but a belligerent drunk, essentially right. showing up. That making fun of it, like his you know dishevelledness, like. Yeah, we know. When you wake up, you go right for old number seven. You know what they should—they should have made it more realistic, not like having drinking Jack. But you know, something nice and cheap, like uh, like a nice bottle of Black Velvet. <laughs> Here's your Canadian whiskey, Mister Bronson. Oh, thanks.
0: Uh, what did you think about the ending that's set in the um, Bradbury Building, which is uh, has also been used for? Um movies like Blade Runner. Very neo-noir-esque. It's a very cool um venue to have the conclusion, I think. Um, you know, lots of staircases, lots of um Charles Bronson panting up flights of stairs. The poor man, they
1: put him through his paces in this film. He is running around more than he should. And the (laughs) the way he walks down the steps, too, he's, like, skipping every two steps. (laughs) It's like, Charles, you're going to blow a knee out. Stop it. Like, you know, you don't have to. But it is kind of sad. Like, I think he does a pretty good job for, you know, his age. But at the same time, like, watching him kind of, you know, go through the fucking ninja olympics is is it is sad because it's like oh they got him fucking running back and forth in this that's it's just don't why you gotta do that to him
0: poor guy <laughs> probably lost 20 pounds
1: but it, it was good um a little a little too long mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me right because we because, don't because we they-
0: don't just get like the final um meetup between Joan and Murphy. We get Oh, wait, in between that, <laughs> here's the mo- here's the mob boss Vincenzo coming in with his goons. Uh we'll deal with that first and like I I feel like if you were Joan Freeman, you're like, what the fuck? What what's what is going on right now? This is supposed to be my time to get my vengeance. Like these fucking goons are coming in. I do like too, there's like a really intense scene where murphy's on the stairwell joan is up above him with her crossbow and the gun is on the stairs in uh open view and murphy's like you know what i'm gonna reach for it i'm gonna try to get that gun and (laughs) joan fires a crossbow bolt and you know murphy's jumps back like he should right but then there's this time frame where you're like oh joan's gonna have to reload right like you you can't just you don't have a crossbow bolt just at the ready uh, sitting in the car you know you can't just fire multiple crossbow bullets at a time but murphy just sits there like wow what the fuck just happened and then joan reloads and then he tries again that struck me as super unrealistic. Like why would you just wait for someone to reload a crossbow? Then she shoots the gun off, so you know, he's fucked over there. So I just I thought that was uh a little ridiculous, honestly. Shouldn't have shouldn't have waited for the reload. But other than that, I mean, I think the the conclusion has a cool setting. Um, you know, it, it again though, I think the motive plays a big role in the issues with the conclusion because like there's just no real motive and so there's not like a i don't know there's not like a face-off it's almost like uh murphy's like yeah i know you but like i i don't really care <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just like yeah he sent you to prison
1: it's like it's like the fugitive like i'm in this city. it's like i don't care he's to- he's such like tommy lee jones it's like i don't care
0: still care about anything. yeah I mean I mean just I just <clears throat> I just wish that the film had a little bit more motive to its antagonist and then I think that the conclusion would have even more uh, impact because I don't really think it does and it kind of just kind of I don't know it it peters off it doesn't really have uh, much to I, I will say though that the the um, elevator coming down on Arabella I think that's a an exciting moment. Um
1: yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's okay. You thought it was alright?
1: I mean it's like cliched and like, you know, like just like, oh, is it gonna be bad? Is it gonna be bad? Is it gonna be bad? No. <laughs> you know
0: you 'cause you weren't you weren't convinced that, like anything's gonna happen.
1: No, but I did like the fact that she got shot with the fucking crossbow right after. That's like, you know, like, yeah, alright, you yeah. know. She's dead.
0: She's mm-hmm. not dead. Yeah, I mean, I think the conclusion was fine, but
1: how'd you like the like they're getting loaded up into an ambulance and they're you know mouthing off to one another?
0: I mean, it makes sense with the character. Um, you know, I think it just uh, is meant to show like, oh, this relationship's not going to just end here. And they're gonna, they're gonna have a. A buddy relationship for forever.
1: I will say too that this film, I mean, maybe it inspired. I don't know. I haven't. I mean, I've seen a variety of like eighties, like you know, like cop films like this, but this feels like the first one in line in my memory that has like that like saxophone bluesy sound. So I, I'm almost gonna say this film inspired Lethal Weapon soundtrack because it's got like kind of almost a Clapton-esque like bam 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 and then, like, random saxophone. Mm-hmm. And it also has... At, that, was, that was great at the end, you know, hearing, like, at, as they're getting carted off, like, beep, 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 beep they're gonna have more adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for Murphy's Law, too.
0: I mean, it also has... Um, Murphy's
1: Kathleen Law! Wilhoyt's,
0: yeah, it has Kathleen Wilhoyt's uh, vocals. She does the theme song. <laughs>
1: murphy's law
0: yeah she because uh primarily she was a singer songwriter
1: something something murphy's law
0: i do like that they made up lyrics to this uh song but it's not really like
1: serious yeah yeah it's, (laughs) it's almost
0: like just a really goofy theme song um but yeah i didn't realize kathleen Wilhoy did lots of uh, songs, including the uh, song for Roadhouse and song for this movie, and primarily a singer songwriter.
1: Should have had Charles Bronson singing it. That's right. Well, so how do you like that when they explain Murphy's Law? You get Bronson's reaction to what Murphy's Law is.
0: I mean, I think that is where the the idea for the film came from. Honestly, when I was talking about like the production. Of it, someone thinking about the script, and they were just like, "Uh, yeah, I have a great line for Murphy's Law. We just need to make a movie around it." I think that's ultimately where this movie came from. You know, if the you know Murphy's Law is don't fuck with Murphy.
1: Um, no, no, that's Jack Murphy's Law. Don't fuck with Murphy. I mean, well, I th- like how they make that distinction, so you know, like there's Murphy's Law and there's Jack Murphy's Law.
0: Yeah, I mean i th- I think that that is where ultimately the idea for the film came from. And they wrote a film around that line.
1: (laughs) Doesn't come off as he, what do do you think overall Bronson's performance in this film?
0: I mean, it's fine. I think that I don't, I don't think that he's uh, putting in a lot of effort here. You know, I think he's putting in like really like just a medium (laughs) amount of effort.
1: He's got some good bits, like some of the lines he gives, you know, he gives good. But, like, the times when he's trying to be, like, serious in this is, like, very, uh like, oh, come on, Charles. You know you can do better than that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like he's just going through the motions here.
1: I got alimony, I got a bam, I'm just doing this for a friend.
0: <laughs> so, on a scale of 1 to 10... Are you uh, gonna
1: fucking on sim on cinema the fuck? out No, of this not again? this time. No,
0: but on a scale we, of one to ten, butt crusts.
1: I'm glad. I'm I'm literally glad you're not gonna on cinema this because Tim Heidecker sent us a season
0: six. <laughs> <laughs> No, but on a scale of one to ten, butt crusts.
1: I you know I wish I kept the I, I one thing I regret about this is when I was watching it not keeping track of all the witty repartee that was thrown throughout this film because like there she has a gigantic like just line of banter that's just fucking terrible <laughs> That to no fault of her own, because of a poor, poor script writing, but That's it's right. just like yeah. it's just like, like oh, did you come? Did you were supposed to be on the Return of the Living Dead set, weren't you? You know, and I, I you know what? I'll give this film a seven. It's um, it's mediocre, but in all the right ways. At some points, it's definitely not going to be the most noteworthy Bronson uh, film or his most probably well looked at. But I think when he tries, he does a very good job. When he doesn't try, it's not bad, but it's just kind of like you can tell he's bored. Um, Overall, as you said, with um, our main female lead, Catherine, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the last name. I'll butcher it. Catherine Whithull- Will She Will See, that's why I did. Um, the, her dialogue for the most, like 90% of it is, is garbage. But she is very entertaining and very energetic and does a very good job. There are some good ideas in this film, even though it's as stereotypical as one can get when it comes to like a, you know, uh, cop, you know, revenge cop film. There are ideas here. Um, And it's just overall a pretty fun watch With some, you know Nice things going on in it Um, An hour 40 is a little too long Probably could shave 15 minutes off this film Because there's some points in this film Where it seems like they're just kind of there But overall I'd say it's a fun enough film And I'd say watch it It's not going to hurt you uh, if you like very stereotypical uh cop films, then you'll like this. And It's, def- it's not the most action-y. That's for damn sure. Uh, one of the reviews I saw on Wikipedia from uh, v- Variety said it's a very violent urban crime meller. Uh, it's not that violent at all, to be honest with you. It's actually really uh, mild. The fact that they kind of just show some gore every now and then. I guess makes it violent, but it's not very violent at all. It's actually pretty tame. The body count's really low. But I think overall, a seven. Seven right now would do.
0: Yeah, I would give it, I was going to give it a seven as well. Um, you know, I think it's entertaining. It's a good movie to watch if you like Bronson, if you like crime dramas from the 80s, especially if you like canon movies. Um, but like most of the canon movies of the time, it's really generic. Um, I think that. You know, like you could watch any movie from this time period um, and it would be very similar to Murphy's Law, especially, you know, with the same uh, antagonist that's looking to, um, you know, like get get revenge on a cop uh, film. This is a very generic portrayal of that. Um, I don't really think it's to any of the the ca- actors faults. Um you know, Bronson does a, an okay job. He's not really into it. You can tell, but, um, he does a fairly good job. Um, Catherine, Kathleen will I think she does a really good job with her character despite the, the dialogue. Um, I thought she was really good in roadhouse too. Um, but I think that ul- ultimately the script is really just not that interesting. Uh, the motives for the killer are not interesting at all. Um, you know, it needed to be fleshed out a little bit more with some actual um, gravitas to it. And you would have had a better movie. But I think Murphy's Law is, is, is entertaining enough to, um, you know, put up with an hour and 40 minutes of a mediocre plot. So 7 out of 10. All right, so um, we had discussed in last week's episode for next week that we're gonna do um another episode because we're gonna do week 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 boom 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 we're gonna do three in a row um so for next week's episode um we were what were we doing? We were The Spook Who Sat by the door. That's right. We we're doing a black exploitation movie, a Spook bu- Who Sat by the Door uh for, for February. So <clears throat> looking forward to that one. I haven't uh I feel haven't like watched that one.
1: I feel like you're letting me say that so you don't get uh, criticized for using a racial epithet.
0: No, on no, I, I honestly, I could not remember what we had decided, so I was blanking out, so I'm glad you were able to come to the rescue there. Um, So we're doing uh, The Spook Who Sat By The Door, so you'll definitely want to tune in for that. We've done a few black exploitation movies in the past, um, but definitely this one should be a fun one to do.
1: Um uh, let's be honest I can't even remember what we've done. I um, think we, I,
0: we have done um Black Caesar.
1: Did we do Black Caesar? Yep. I think that's the only one we've done, Bud.
0: And we've we've done another um um Pam Greer movie, didn't we? Did no, we, do, we
1: did we did not do coffee.
0: No, we didn't do coffee. No. Did did we do like um Freaky Friday? Uh Freaky Friday uh foster brown
1: no no we did not
0: foster uh, friday why <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: getting
0: them confused here now
1: no we did not do no did. so maybe
0: so maybe black caesar is the only one that we've actually done. i
1: don't even think we did black caesar i feel like I we t-
0: did maybe not i think
1: i think we just watched it
0: maybe maybe we just watched it maybe we haven't done. no we didn't
1: no, no we episode 72
0: i thought so i thought we did black june
1: caesar. 20 2017 black caesar that's the only black Expectations we've done so far gotcha because um, I remember when we were watching Coffee, that was before the podcast.
0: Yep, that was before podcast, yeah. Cool. So we'll do the spooky sat by the door, so you'll definitely want to tune in for our black Blaxploitation episode. Uh, until then, you Tell can... Tell us to do more. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you can catch us on pretty much any podcasting app that you can think of. You can listen to our uh, previous old episodes. Um, we're on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, our home base at anchor.fm. Any of those will work. You can subscribe to us. Leave us a nice review. Uh, We are on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on there. Blood of Black Rum podcast. Uh, We're also, um, we have uh, an email address. Blood and Black Run Podcast at gmail.com where you can write to us. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want us to cover. We'll take that into consideration. And you can donate to us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast. That helps us buy beer, so we definitely appreciate whatever you can give our way. So, uh, hopefully we have you tune in. Hopefully you enjoyed our episode on Murphy's Law. And, um, we'll see you back next week.
1: Take care.